Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. Now, many people tend to focus on the waxing creation side of magic, and in this episode, Eric and I will be talking about the waning destructive side of magic and how to maintain a balance between them. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're your hosts, the Mystic Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week and we look for moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. For this episode, we chose the Five of Swords. The theme of this card is intellectual challenge. When we look at this card in the Rider Waite Smith depiction, there is a sense of aggressiveness and cruelty in the scene. In the case of this card, the cruelty is not physical. It is more mean-spirited name-calling, lying, or otherwise harsh language. Something really interesting about the fives is that the meaning is found in the perspective. So in other words, in order to figure out what's happening here, it will depend on which person you ask. There's a figure in the foreground who has a smirky grin on their face, while one of the figures in the background is crying, and a third figure is walking toward the crying figure. And remember that the swords are about ideas and communication. At this moment, the front figure arrogantly believes that they've won the battle of wits, but the winds can change at any moment. This card reminds us to be careful with our words and how they affect ourselves and others. It's an opportunity to reflect on our ideas and to determine if they are in fact actually good. So Maggie, do you have a story about hurting someone's feelings because of your arrogance or thinking that you had a bright idea that turned out to be really stupid? So when I was in elementary school, I had a friend and we were only friends during our after school thing. You remember SAC? Mm-hmm. students aftercare or whatever school aftercare yeah. so we were friends then but I remember she was kind of made fun of a lot by other kids and so during the school day I was not her friend because I was it was like peer pressure and stuff and I remember one specific time where she overheard me I think so I was like joking about her with like the popular girls or whatever and she overheard it and then she was really upset obviously because she thought we were friends and I was like trying to be cool and go along with what the cool kids were doing and that ended up hurting her feelings so so I guess it's not because of my arrogance but I was definitely I guess it is sort of arrogance it's like I was using my words to hurt somebody though and that's basically the energy of the five of swords. That gossip that gets you every time. Do you have a story? Um, I kind of pride myself on knowing the back roads of where I live and around where I live because I used to do home health and finding the most efficient route between client houses was kind of part of the game. And so I know like a lot of ways to get to one place, like four different ways. I I can just think of a number of times where there's been traffic on one of the ways. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go this way. I'm going to go one of my secret ways. And then I get stuck by a train or there's a slow, even slower car in front of me or any manner of traffic related ways that the universe is like, (laughs) no. (laughs) 
it just, every single time that happens, I just have that thought of like, God, why did I do this? This is so stupid. <laughs> why, did, why didn't I just stay on the main road? And I feel like that's probably a metaphor for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I'm being kind of like arrogant about knowing it. Has that ever happened when someone's like in the car with you? Sometimes. That's another <laughs> story for me is like messing up someone else's. Like, I feel like that happens with Dana sometimes where I'm like, I feel like I've got the best idea and I like knock down his idea and then it turns out mine doesn't work and it's like really embarrassing. I, I can think of one time I had a friend in college who his hometown was in New Mexico. So all of his friends would take turns going to the airport to pick him up. And so it was my turn. And I was like, I'm going to show him Colorado. Like, I don't want to take him down boring old I-25. He's seen that a hundred times. I'm going to go some of the back roads. And then I ended up missing my turn that would take us back to I-25 so that we could get to Fort Collins. And what should have been like an hour drive, if I had just gone on I-25, turned into a much longer drive. And granted, he did see Colorado. He saw the farms of eastern Colorado, but it was not my intention. And it made the trip longer. <laughs> if you have a story you want to share with us about the Five of Swords, please send us a voicemail to we listen at talkwitchcraft.com. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning, Today, we are going to discuss the waning half of the magic polarity. And the first thing we'll be talking about is basically how to use, utilize the darker, calmer, reflective aspects of the magical spectrum. So destruction magic is one way to maintain balance in your witchcraft practice. In order to attract and increase and create the things that you want to see in your life, you also need to release, remove, and destroy the things you don't want to see in your life. So any type of force or influence that isn't helping you, and particularly something that's actively harming you, is considered unwanted energy. So you can choose to send it away gently through cleansing, release and transform it through grounding, limit its reach through binding, or destroy it through banishing. And we've talked about these in previous episodes, so we won't be getting into it again here. But if you are interested, you can listen to episode 5, 26, and 45. Now, you may be wondering where this unwanted energy comes from. It can originate when painful emotions like anger, hatred, envy, and sadness are not dealt with in a healthy way. If these types of emotions are suppressed or go unresolved, they grow and they fester. Practicing shadow work, as we talked about in episode 43, can help you to understand your emotions and how to process them. And then another source of unwanted energy in your life could be malicious or even harmless spirits that are lingering in your space. So if it's unwelcome to you, whether it's malicious or harmless, they are an unwanted energy. So learning to cleanse and protect your space can ensure that this type of energy doesn't negatively impact your life. Additionally, people can bring unwanted energy to your life. Some people can be avoided. So if it will help you maintain your health, it's okay to avoid certain people. There are other people who you may not be able to limit your time around. And so being aware of how they influence you can help you learn strategies for protecting yourself. And honestly, this type of magic is where I see myself working most often because I feel like the act of creating a spell, creating a ritual around banishing, 
binding these toxic, toxic people is powerful, is something that I feel like I can physically do to take action against being hurt by these people, especially for the people that you have to keep in your life for whatever reason. When it comes to people, I think that's the hardest place to like remove, you know, from your life mm-hmm. because even people that you can avoid, they still have some sort of influence on you because you're having to avoid them. So there's right. some something you have to do, actively do. Yeah, and with like a with a binding spell, for me it feels like and the and the spell that I most often use is just repeating over and over the person's name, you cannot harm me anymore. And it's really simple and it's not, I'm not necessarily doing it to to that person. It's not a curse on them. It's not a hex on them. It is a mantra for myself and it's empowering myself to not be hurt by them. And it's that, that action that I'm taking that I'm telling myself over and over and over again, this person cannot hurt me. And that takes a lot of energy, you know, you're putting Mm -hmm. a lot into that. So like with the other ones that we mentioned, obviously like emotions that's kind of just like a consistent thing that you have to do because emotions emerge all the time. The good ones or the bad ones, whatever you want to call them, the ones that feel good and the ones that feel bad. <laughs> That's a kind of a constant thing too. But, you know, doing shadow work consistently is just part of life. But yeah, with the people, it's like, it'd just be nice if I didn't have to ever deal with you. But now I have to do this binding spell. <laughs> <laughs> So in this episode, we also wanted to introduce you to trash witchcraft because this is a really interesting way of balancing something that's unwanted and creating something that is wanted. And since it's Aquarius season, we are looking at things from a different perspective. Um, So trash magic really is an interesting thing to talk about right now. Well, and it's also this idea of like one, one man's trash is another man's treasure. So what is trash magic? Trash for the purpose of trash magic has a loose definition. It is simply an object that has been discarded, disposed of, or forgotten. So you don't necessarily have to have dirty, broken things that you found at the landfill. It doesn't have to be ripped up boxes of old pizza crusts. Trash witchcraft is essentially taking an object that has been refused and making it useful again. And it could be, you know, sometimes I have used old pizza boxes, but... (laughs) If that's not your thing, we don't want you to turn off the episode because you think this is about dirty, nasty, old garbage. We want you to, you know, use trash magic in a way that is comfortable to you. Yeah. And the reason this has been something that's really interesting to me almost since when I first started practicing witchcraft. So it's pretty integral to how I practice. When I worked at a waste reduction summer camp, it was a nature camp, but the theme of it, I think it was sponsored by the local like collection company, the trash collection. Like I think they helped pay for it as a way to help protect. They wanted to, to teach people how to reduce waste because they were like the recycling and it was in um, Portland area. So they're all about that. But it was about, you know, protecting the natural world and reducing the amount of waste you're creating. And so we came up with a bunch of creative ways to use the garbage that you you would collect like in your normal day and create something beautiful out of it. We made birdhouses out of orange juice containers. We made those that Mancala game out of egg cartons, binoculars from toilet paper rolls. So those were kind of like kid crafts. But because of this, I started looking for ways to turn the trash and recycling that I was creating in my own life 
for my witchcraft practice to use these like tools and materials for the way I practice witchcraft. And trash could be litter that you collected from the side of the road or something that you would normally toss into your own garbage can or recycling bin that you decide to reuse. My roommate loves anything, anything container, (laughs) any jar, any bottle, anything. She looks at it and it, and it brings her joy to the point that my boyfriend and I both will be like, Ooh, this is a bottle that we should save. Or this is something because she'll, she'll find a use for it. The interesting thing about collecting trash is that it has an energy, the energy of the disposed thing, and it's unique to the individual item. And so you know, I just think of her seeing these bottles that would normally be thrown into the recycle bin. It's almost like she can feel its energy and she can tap into what it what it could be instead of what it was. Yeah, exactly. So it could be stuff like that, that I'm sure, you know, she's not a witch, so she's probably not using it for like magic things, but you know, she uses it for her plants. Right. Which in its own way is magic. She's a witch. It she is. Doesn't it know is. It yet. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But basically the unique energy of these items, it's it contains the energy of the previous owner, whether that's you, you know, the person who's throwing it away, or if you found it on the side of the road, it's like whoever tossed out the window of their car as they were driving by. And then it also contains the energy of being refused, like Erica said before. So entropy, death, marginalization, and it contains the energy of being recycled into something else because you're choosing to see something else in it. So it has, you know, perseverance, renewal, and creativity. And the best part is that all this trash is essentially free tools and materials for your witchcraft practice. I am hard-pressed to throw away a candle container. Some of the, the, the containers that these candles come in are beautiful. And so they maybe started as a witchy material, but then I turn it into a pen holder on my desk and it becomes mundane. Yeah. So so it can go both ways. It's that yin yang, it's ebb and flow. It's, you know, all the energy is just re- being reused and recycled. Right. Well, because we think of everything as magical anyway, like mundane is magic. Magic is mundane. So yes, exactly. it just flows in and out. And that's part of this too, is the, the waning half of it, looking yeah. at the the end of the uh, item cycle and beginning it again in the waxing half. So where can you get trash to practice trash witchcraft? We will tell you after a word from our sponsor. Do you wish you could direct your power more precisely? Are you ready to attune with the universal energy? Come in to Great Wands of Fire, makers of fine wands since 1999. At Great Wands of Fire, we believe the wand is the most personal tool in your witchy toolkit. And we want to help you find the one that's just right for your practice. We'll measure you and help you find the wood of a tree that is sacred to your soul so that your wand can become an extension of your power. Great Wands of Fire fitted me with my first wand. It's a wonderful place to shop and they use only the highest quality of materials. My wand has become my most treasured companion. Thanks, Great Wands of Fire. Now back to your regularly scheduled programming. So one place that you can find trash is outside. So I live on a busy street and a lot of trash accumulates around my house. So when I clean up my yard, sometimes I find really interesting things that I can use for my magic. 
Additionally, when I go for walks, I am committed to picking up the trash I see, at least three items if I'm feeling kind of lazy, but I try to pick up everything. So just look at the ground. You'll find soda can tabs, interesting bits of metal, colorful pieces of glass and plastic, lighters that sometimes still work, old looking bottles that are really cool looking. And sometimes I think this is why Poppy called me magpie besides the obvious play (laughs) on my name. But he and I used to collect trash together on walks when we'd go out, you know, in the um, open space behind their house. We'd just like look for trash. And, you know, he made that Buddha statue out of things he collected on his walks that is in mom and dad's yard now. Mm -hmm. I had at my old house, I had a like a wind tunnel that would bring all of the trash from the neighborhood to my yard. And at first it was really annoying because we'd walk out and there'd be like Doritos bags and Mountain Dew. And at at first we thought like, is somebody like purposefully throwing their trash on our yard? And then we figured out that no, there was in fact a wind tunnel because there would be times when our neighbors next to us would be talking in their yard And it would sound like they were standing right outside our front door. So there was like this like cyclone of something that was happening. So needless to say, I found all there were all sorts of things that got blown into my yard, including an adorable little plastic dinosaur. (laughs) He was blue and yellow, had a yellow stripe on him. I saw him one day just poking his head out from the grass. And he became like my little companion, but just always having your eyes open for little friends that may come your way or yeah. things that you can use. <laughs> the, the, you've mentioned my guardians that I had, like the little plastic figurines. Some of them came from the jungle set that I mentioned, but some of them, like my Bulbasaur, I found him on a walk and a Gumby figurine. So, and now they're oh. watch, they, they watch over, they're protective. Yeah. Do you remember the uh, little tiger stuffed thing that you found in my car when I picked you up at the airport a while back? Uh-huh. And you asked, who's this? And I said, that's Blueberry. I, he was a trash item. Um, he was in the parking lot next when I, I pulled up and I opened the door and he was just hanging out there. And I was like, you're coming with me now. <laughs> nice. So, so cute. <laughs> There's a TikToker that I follow. She lives on the beach and she will go beachcombing. And it's very fun to watch her. She gets very excited when she finds her little bits of glass or pottery or whatever. And I think she uses it to make mosaics is her purpose in it. But it's a fun little little thing to do. Here are some common things that you might find when you are out and about and how you might use them. But It's all about creativity when it comes to trash magic because you're using your own perspective to see how you can use it. Glass that changes the light. So be it curved or warped or any sort of um, change done to the glass can be used for magnification or focus spells. Or if it's a specific color of the glass or plastic, You could use that as the representation of a color in a spell. So the most common color of glass that you'll probably find is green because it's often used for beer bottles, but you also find brown sometimes. And green is associated with money. So I will use it for a money spell or um, for like growth as well. And then brown is more like grounding. So that's a good one to incorporate in a grounding spell. 
like often a spell will ask for a green candle or a blue candle or whatever and don't always have that color or whatever so this is a good way to mimic that you could if it's a small piece of glass you could tie it to the candle or even or set set it it on top of it or yeah Another thing that you might find is any tiny metal, glass, or concrete bits are great for jingles, for a spell jar that should be shaken, or a jar bell for sound cleansing. You can just put them inside it and it makes a tinkling sound. Asphalt and other man-made rock chunks are abundant because of roads and sidewalks are being constantly repaired. And so near construction, you may find rebar or nails and screws any kinds of things like that yeah so all of that nails and screws are used for connecting two pieces of things so using it for a connection spell you could screw a screw between two candles each one representing a person and then you you're screwed yeah. <laughs> you're screwing wink wink <laughs> um and a, a really fun thing to do. Um, my gosh, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> You'll probably find some money. That's a fun thing to find. And even if it's just a bit of change, it adds up. I found, I think I count. I counted how much money I had found recently. And like I took it to one of those machines. I'd found $200 in coins. But uh, I said in, atten- in intention a while ago that uh, pennies that are heads up are a sign to me that I'm on the right track with whatever I'm doing. And so if I go for a long time without seeing any pennies heads up, then I refocus and like make sure that I am on the right track. And if I find a heads up penny, I have a green jar that I keep the pennies in. And if I find a tails penny, I flip it over so that someone else will find a lucky penny. And honestly, that right there is magic in the mundane that everyday common people don't realize that they're tapping into find a penny pick it up and then all day you'll have good luck so just remember that when you are collecting garbage you have to be careful and use your best judgment if it looks too nasty just don't just don't do it or use gloves or and make sure that your tetanus shot is up to date. I mean, we've been talking about things that you just find as you're walking around. Uh, You can also do the dumpster diving thing. Be wary of state laws and regulations around this. Yeah, I I used to do dumpster diving in college because so many kids were coming from out of town. I think I mentioned this before, but there was like out of state students and they would have to go home for the summer and leave all their stuff behind because it was less expensive. It was less expensive to basically just buy new stuff when you come back the next year than to ship it. And so there's like tons of great stuff at the end of the year. I found lamps and I think I still have a Pyrex that I found and I use it. It was in the dumpster, but you just clean it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Generally, the only thing that I won't take from a dumpster is food, perishables. And I know that there are people out there who will take food like Keurig cups and stuff like that that are non-perishable. But that's just something personally for me that I'm just like, "Mm, no. (laughs) Well, actually, I will admit our friend in Portland lived right next door to a health food store and they just had to dump everything that was out of expiration, but it was still wrapped. And so it was, you know, maybe a day passed and he would go every day basically and check to see what they'd thrown out. And he'd give us all kinds of like vegan sausages and stuff like that. And we ate them and we're still alive. So (laughs) there's nothing wrong with it, but just be careful and protect yourself. Make sure that you CYA 
cover your ass and know what is allowed in your area. Now we'll talk about inside trash. The best way that you can do that is to just look at around your house for things to repurpose. Look at items in new ways, whether it's something you can use for a mundane purpose or something you are about to throw away, but are looking at it with a different perspective. So (laughs) I have a pair of altar scissors that I adore. (laughs) And I wish that podcasts were a visual medium because you have to see them. They are the most ornate things I've ever seen in my life. They look like a sword and scabbard. And I knew that I needed an athame for my altar, but I didn't like the idea of the athame being related to swords and war and fighting. And I saw the suggestion of it doesn't have to be a blade. It doesn't have to be a knife. It can be something that you use to create. My biggest magic that I do is not magic through crochet. And you need scissors when you're working with threads and yarns. So I found these crazy ornate scissors that look like a sword or look like an athame, but I use it for the purpose of creation and using that the destructiveness of the athame from a place of creation. It's just a totally unique way to look at them, to use that tool. Because I don't yeah. think they they don't market it as a witchcraft athame. You just like saw no, them. Yeah. I just saw them and was like, I have to have those. <laughs> yeah. So I have I have um, several wands. One of them is my Harry Potter wand from Harry Potter World. And then I have one that I had as a kid that's like got a feather around it. And it's like a plastic star with like fake rhinestones on it. That one's fun that I use. So I have that and I have the one that you made me as well. So I, depending on the purpose of the spell, I'll use a different wand. Um, but my, but you, reusing a wand that I had as a kid, I just happened to find it when I was at home uh, at some point looking under the bed. I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to use this and brought it back with me. It's not necessarily meant to be a, like a real witch's wand <laughs> it's for like a fairy princess, <laughs> but that's my kind of witchcraft. So. <laughs> So you don't already start saving all of your jars. Jars are great for many different types of spells, storing herbs or leaving offerings. You can paint the inside to make a pretty pretty candle holder or fill it with water to use as a flower vase. Buy condiments, jelly, bouillon, or anything else in glass jars if you can, and especially if you have a choice of glass over plastic. And then soak them in hot water to get the label off, wash them with soap, and boil them to sanitize them. And it's eco-friendly and great and free. (laughs) Exactly. So that sounds like what your roommate was doing, basically, is just like whatever jar. There's a specific kind of jelly that I get. It's delicious and it has a really good backstory. I think it's called Bon Maman. The Bon Maman brand is delicious. The raspberry one is the one I get particularly. But Costco only has the four berries, so it's like just okay. I mean, it's great, but it's like not as good as the raspberry one. But they have like a really amazing story. They helped Jewish people escape Nazis in World War II. So like, that's a good brand to support if you ask me. (laughs) And they are adorable, like shape. They're the perfect shape. They have the beveling. I don't know if that's what you call it for jars around the sides. And they have the cute little check lid or gingham. It's gingham, not check. 
So I love those and I think they make great spell jars and I get them because they're good and also because they're good for magic. Empty cups are useful for a jar replacement, especially if you have a temporary spell. Something I discovered when I was chewing on a pen is that they pop open, like the end will just pop out and then you can like put stuff in there around the ink thingy. Mm -hmm. So I like take out the ink part and wrap paper around that middle part with like a spell um, especially for if I use that pen for, you know, physically writing with my hands, not typing. And then that I write like an intention about what kind of writing I want to do. And then you close it back up and it's a spell container. <laughs> wow. <It's> amazing. <laughs> you can also do this with old lip balm containers. So it's like a mini spell jar. Like once you've used all the lip balm or if you washed it by accident, all the lip balm's gone. Um, <laughs> You're speaking from personal experience. No. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you can, it's like a cute little container and then it's normal as well. Like nobody's going to think it's weird if you're carrying around a lip balm or if that falls out of your purse. Yes. You could put all of our in the closet witchy friends. Exactly. You can put little um, like chips of crystals, a small amount of herbs, a rolled up scroll with your intention on it, and then just carry that with you wherever you go instead of a a bag where it's like obvious what's in there. You can use bits of old string from your scrap yarn box. These are great for not magic. I had heard, and so I'm mentioning it just in case other people have heard, of using old yarn scraps to put out for the birdies for them to make their nests. And I have since learned from bird enthusiasts that this is not a good thing at all to do especially with synthetic yarns that they can eat them and it's not good for their bellies and so do not do that if you have been doing this in the past it was definitely something I learned and had to change my ways. Now I find that I have a ton of playing card decks and I seem to miss cards sometimes, like they just go missing and you don't know where they go. And so I started using them, you know, my husband, he goes out of town sometimes and I would put, I would put little notes on them on a card and then like stick it in his bag and then he'd find it and he'd be like, oh yeah, I love you. (laughs) But another idea that I had was to turn it into a new like tarot deck or, or Oracle deck where you make it yourself. So you write a theme on the card. And so, you know, you don't have necessarily the full deck of cards. You can't use it for actual games, but you could write like love, wisdom, like whatever words are important to you on each card. You could draw on it. You could make a collage or whatever you're good at or just write the word. And then that becomes your own Oracle deck instead of throwing the whole thing away. You can make an incense holder out of a bottle cap. One thing that I used to do as a kid was I used to, when we were sitting in our church services, I used to rip apart the bulletins and turn it into origami. And so you can use scraps of paper that you have around the house. Maybe it's an old kitchen list or a shopping list or a to-do list. Quickly make a little animal representation for whatever spell work you're doing. And voila, you have your fox or your penguin or whatever you need. Right. Or or whatever, because it could be, you know, you could make origami 
hats or boats, like whatever you want to do out of the paper yep. that you would need for the spell. You could collect your old silverware if you get a new set or whatever. For whatever reason, you have some old silverware, you could make a wind chime and that would be a good representation of the air element near your altar or in your home. You can use a broken mirror for scrying or for defensive traps. And there's a lot of ways that you can use straws. You can use, you can build them into a structure. So if you want to manifest a house, you could build a house. If you want to do some destructive magic, you could knock it down, build something else that you're trying to destroy and knock that down as a sympathetic magic type of representation. You can also use straws as a wand because they're just used for, you know, a wand is for directing your magic. So anything that will direct your magic can be used. And then straw papers, you can you, you can braid these for witches braid or for you can knot them for knot magic. And then one thing that's really cool about straw paper is that it is very easy to burn, like it burns really quickly. So it could be used as wish paper instead of, you know, buying a whole pack of wish paper. You can just write your wish on the straw wrapper and then burn it and it's like, whoop, it's gone. Yep. Then your wish is mm -hmm. my command. And then something that we used to do as kids, you know, you'd take the, just rip off the most of the straw, but you'd leave the end on and then you blow through it and the thing goes flying. Did, were yes. you there when I did that to Terry and it like hit him in the eye? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, but if you write a wish on the paper before you blow it off the end of the straw, your breath charges the wish. Like that's one way to think about it. So obviously there is lots of ways to look around at your waist or at your things in your house and see how you can breathe new life into it. And then one final thing we wanted to talk about with trash is using it as part of your shadow work practice. because. Trash, as we talked about before, it has that energy of being discarded. You can use it as a mirror for yourself whenever, you know, to look at, to examine those feelings of being trash, of being discarded, of feeling used or broken. And that can be really, you know, cathartic. It can be really calming to use the trash as a mirror to yourself. So there's a reason why there are rituals around writing down things that don't serve you anymore and then burning that that piece of paper. And I've also seen things of like writing down something that doesn't serve you and then crumpling it up and physically throwing it in the trash can. You know, the, it's that symbolism of of letting go, of discarding, of destroying it, of getting rid of it. You can use any of these things that you found in the trash as trash to repurpose them in a recycling sort of way. But you could just as easily take a bag of chips and, you know, write down on it, I want to let go of jealousy and then crumple it up and throw it away. These are those magic in the mundane things that we're always talking about. You can use the trash to help you find that release, to do that waning magic of destruction. Yeah. And that's like a great way to not be wasteful with your magic is to use something that you're already going to throw away to write those throwing away things on. But don't flush, don't flush a Dorito bag down your toilet or burn it because those are like toxic and will mess up your septic system. <laughs> yeah, no, throw it in the trash can. <laughs> some some spells say to like flush it down the toilet, like just use toilet paper for that, but <laughs> yeah. or burning. You could write you could write it on a piece of wood that you're gonna burn though. 
you reminded me with toilet paper and the straw wrappers. Um, what's nice about those things is that they do disintegrate and are good composters. So if it's something that you want to slow burn on or you want a slow release, um, you can write it on any of those things that are compostable and egg cartons, for example, anything like that, that would break down and go back into the earth is a good way for that slow release. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to think about is like the way different elements can be used in banishing releasing spells because there's it's often the fire, but like throwing things away or putting it in the compost, that's the earth element. Flushing it down the toilet or writing it on something that will disintegrate in water, it's a water element. Letting it go in the wind, that's the air element or allowing like wind to blow through it. This episode is brought to you by Buckthorn. I will begin by telling you about the medicinal properties and then Maggie will share the magical properties. Buckthorn is an interesting one. There are many different types of buckthorn. So there's the common buckthorn, there's the alder buckthorn, there's the Californian buckthorn, and there is the sea buckthorn. From what I can find, all of them are used as a diuretic or a laxative or some form of banishing, if you will, since we're talking about that in this episode. Usually it is done through a syrup of the berries. It's not a very nice tasting berry. It's not, you know, a, a juicy strawberry or a wonderful raspberry. It's very bitter in nature. I think that's why it's so good for that digestive system because of that bitterness. You can also use the dried bark put into a decoction. The bark is also bitter, but it's more sweet than the berry. Buckthorn is contraindicated for any kind of blood diseases or if you have thin blood because it can prevent blood clotting. That's kind of what I got to say about buckthorn. No, not very much, huh? There's not a whole lot about it. Really, the only thing that I'm seeing is laxative and diuretic. So if you got tummy issues, buckthorn's your man. It's your a person. cow. Passive your energy. <laughs> your tree. Your tree. <laughs> buckthorn is a passive tree. It corresponds with Saturn, Uranus, Earth, Air, and Aquarius. It is good for luck, especially in legal matters and for winning in court. So take a branch with you to court if you have to be in court. <laughs> you could also place a branch of buckthorn near your doors or windows as a protective ward. It is very cleansing and it can help to get your motivation up if you need to really like declutter your home. So if you have a hoarding problem or we talked about during Aquarius season, it's a good time to like begin that spring cleaning. Well, I guess we talked about it with Imbolg. But yeah, this buckthorn can help you with that. It can help you get that motivation up to get rid of all that clutter that you've accumulated over the winter season and let it go. Buckthorn is a good tree to use for your broom, for your witchcraft cleansing broom, because it has that cleansing energy associated with it. If you are lucky enough to know where a buckthorn tree is growing, you can visit it at Imbolg, particularly because it's a water tree. But also, it's a good tree to visit when you are about to start a new project. So if you have like a new work project that you're doing or a new school project, you know, visiting your local buckthorn tree 
can help give you that like energy needed to get that started. Next week, we will be starting off our show with stories about the Six of Swords. If you want to look for the Six of Swords in your week with us, then let me tell you what it's all about. It's about new perspectives, uh, recovering, especially from a travel, you know, the saying, a vacation from your vacation. It's about getting over difficult times, heading on to better times, you know, having a change of location, moving away from your troubles, leaving the past behind, all of these kinds of things. So look for that theme during your week. And if you have a story about it, please share it with us. Send a voicemail to we listen at talkwitchcraft.com. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 057. Join us next week when we talk about thinking outside the box, spell writing, and authenticity. Now make sure that you are subscribed so that you are notified about that episode and every other new episode. And help other witches find this show. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. This review was posted on Instagram. The writer shared they listened to the Glamour Magic episode. And they said, absolutely incredible episode. So many different ways to use glamour. I usually associate it with physical appearance and communication, but I can't wait to try and see if it can change my relationship with and beliefs about food. You can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things. And you, if you have any other tips to add, tell us about it in the Talk Witchcraft Forum in Mumbles Academy community. And don't forget to share this episode with your witchy friends and followers. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you. Goodbye. It's a puppy dog. His head is so big compared to pork chops. <laughs> His head is bigger than pork chop. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I pet it, it's like, your head is so big. <laughs> <laughs>